This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. So start off by telling me, are you really fine? It's the second anniversary of the Manchester Arena bombing tomorrow, in which 22 innocent lives were taken whilst they enjoyed an Ariana Grande concert. Today we hear from a survivor who talks about the night and how she protected her younger sister. She also talks about how it has affected her mental health. Here's Gracie's story. Do you want to just start off by telling me, Gracie, you know, why you got in touch with me? Yeah, so um, I saw the podcast was being launched and I thought it'd be quite a good way to kind of get the message out there. I read your story and thought it was really kind of inspirational and thought that I wanted to kind of share my experiences as well, just to help people, I think, sometimes to know that anybody can experience issues with their mental health. Yeah, and I know... In your, in your email to me, you, you told me that you and your sister were involved in the Manchester Arena bombing attack. Do you want to explain yeah. your, your experiences of that? Yeah, well, um, it's one of them where you don't really think it's ever going to happen to you. Uh, you always read it on the news and, you know, you read it in the newspapers or whatever and you never think you'll kind of be involved in something like that, especially at, you know, an Ariana Grande concert yeah. uh, where it's full of teenagers like young girls young boys um girls with their mums and dads and everything you just you never in your wildest dreams think that that would would happen um so we were there and we waited until pretty much until the lights went on because my sister is absolutely obsessed with Ariana Grande yeah (laughs) yeah, she is um and normally I think it was on like a work day so I thought I will leave just before her encore so that we could get home because we were in Manchester and my sister was literally begging me like no we have to stay until the lights come on so I was like okay we'll stay um and we were on such a high and then literally the moment the lights come on that's when everything just changed Mm. within an instant um and it's all a bit of a blur really but I just remember thinking I just need to get my sister out yeah I don't really know what's happened at this point um and people were just running in all directions and getting trampled on going over the fence the like rails and everything so I thought right I just need to protect my sister that's all I wanted to do where were you sat then or were you standing oh we were sat um so we'd kind of side stage Mm. uh not too far away from the stage um but I mean close enough to kind of feel the impact of the the bang when it did happen yeah. uh, it did it shook it shook the whole arena really what did you think um, it was well I that is like the first thing that came into my head was not a bomb mm. at all I thought that maybe its speaker had fallen or just that is the last thing that I would have thought. I would have thought like balloons popping or anything like that. Uh, my sister was a little bit more, um, I think it might have been a bomb. And I was like, no, no, don't be silly. Don't be silly at all. Um, and then 
as soon as we kind of realised that it was when we couldn't get to our car because it was all, um, all the kind of smoke was everywhere and that's where it happened. So we had to go around a different way to get to my car. Um, and it was just, it was absolute mayhem, yeah. really. Are you sort of glad in a way that your sister wanted to stay till the very end? Yes, yeah. And, you know, um, whenever I do talk about it, I always talk about that part because um, I think that I think that someone must have been watching over us because, you know, in my whole life, like whenever I've been at a concert, I've never, ever stayed till the lights come on, ever. Really? No. And, like, I know for a fact that if we had, it would have been a whole different story yeah. because we would have been right there in in the, sh- the shop, basically. So... I do think some of us looking out over us for sure. Is that still quite hard to comprehend even now, you know, nearly two years on? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think even kind of two years down the line, um, we it affects us and it affected us very differently at the time as well uh, because so this happened on the Monday and that weekend my sister went to Radio 1's big weekend. The next week she was at um, the Vamps, like she just went straight back into it. And she didn't really give herself time to to think about it at all. So it didn't phase um, her at the time. She just went straight to concerts afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Yeah she, yeah, she just went straight back in. Whereas I went the opposite and I was absolutely obsessed with the news that, like, that week. I, I wanted to know everything about everyone that had been hurt, that had got killed. Um, and me and my mum went to the... The memorial on that weekend as well because I just I felt like I needed to be around and show the people that you know we were all there in it together and even though we were very lucky and no we didn't get physically hurt but I think mentally um it it did really it made a difference I think to a lot of our lives and my sister now is probably worse than she was back then I think her grief has kind of come out in stages um, and yeah, she, she only suffered fair, really badly. She was only 13 at the time as well, wasn't she? Yeah, she was. And I think she she didn't really give herself time. Like, in the moment, she was she was quite inconsolable and whereas I was like, right, I need to be strong mm. at this moment of time like for my sister to get her out and she was the opposite. And then I think we just kind of switched um, and she's still still suffering quite badly with anxiety now and seeks counselling and everything. So, mm. yeah, well, I think it took her about a year to do that, whereas I kind of, I seek counselling pretty soon after. Yeah. Because um, there was a lot of things going on in my life at the time as well, I think, like aside from the Manchester bombing, I think that kind of just it culminated in that was like the icing on the cake. Speak. Yeah, it was. Yeah, sorry, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and you know, to think as well, it was only two years ago. Yeah, you know, I, know, it still I can't feels, believe it, it. It must still feel so raw to you. Yeah, it does. Um, and I think I have I have gone to less concerts since as well. I've probably only been to a couple and I've always they've only been small ones um I I did there was quite a big stepping stone for me uh, last year because I went to the biggest concert that was even bigger than Ariana's we me and my mum went to see Maroon 5 at Madison Square Garden oh wow wow um and that that was like a massive step yeah in like in the right direction for me I think really and thinking that I'm trying to kind of get back back to normal and 
I think you look at you look at the room differently and you you look at the situation differently to how you would have done. I think if you hadn't have been involved in something like that, it changes your perception. Of course, quite a lot. And you know, you went you went um, big, didn't you? Rather than uh, going to a small one, you went for uh, Madison Square Garden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I had a, I had a bit of a lead up. Like, there's been a couple of kind of more intimate concerts in the two, like in the two years since, just a lot smaller ones. Yeah. Um, but that one, that was a lot <laughs> to do. We um, we saw. Obviously, I had my mum. Yeah. Were you sort of preparing yourself for it then by going to more smaller concerts or was or was this Maroon 5 concert a surprise sort of thing? Well, I surprised my mum. Oh, um, so I think she she was even more surprised to think, <laughs> yeah. wait, like, why like, are you going to be okay? Like, And I just thought that like, I just won't, I won't think about it and I'll just prepare myself like on the day. And um, it, I mean, it was amazing. I think you have your little your little blips of anxiousness but yeah overall you just you try I think in the back of my mind you just think you don't want something like that to stop you from doing what what you love to do and that's how counseling helped me to think you didn't want them to win and just every, all the campaigns surrounding the you know the we stand together and everything yeah. after Manchester that's that's what they were there for to help with so yeah so did you suffer um, from anxiety a bit before this this event happened the, the attack uh, yes yeah I did a little bit um more so in my like in the last few years really there was a lot kind of personal happening um like my parents divorced and that was quite a lot later on and you wouldn't think it would kind of affect you when you're in your 20s but you know it does and probably more so than I expected it to and mm. that did kick off a bit of anxiety and mm a few issues that I probably didn't really realise that I had until that had happened. So as, it was a bit of a a tough year, really. Yeah, and I suppose when you're older, sometimes it can be a lot perhaps harder to deal with, you know, seeing your parents get divorced, especially when you've grew up in a in a safe family unit and then all of a sudden that's taken away. I can, I can imagine that would have been quite hard to deal with. Yeah, yeah, definitely it was. It was a bit of a shock, yeah. um, for sure. And I think, like you say, when you've kind of been like for 20, 21, 22 years in the same kind of environment and then all of a sudden it, the world just kind of turns upside down um, and it all kind of happened at once. There was a lot of life events that happened mm. that probably happen in once in a lifetime all happened in a year for me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was quite hard to, to take on your shoulders. So when you were in Manchester Arena then, how did you sort of, because going to a concert, for anyone who suffers with anxiety, depending on what that anxiety is, can be mm. can be quite difficult, can't it? You know, especially when you're in big crowds. Um, for me, it sometimes is quite difficult. You know, if I can't see escape routes immediately, I, I do get a bit anxious. So yeah. how was having that and then having to deal with the fact that you don't know whether a bomb's just gone off? How, was, how did you deal with that in that moment? In that moment, you know, all I could think about was my sister. Mm. Um, and I didn't even, just, didn't even think about like me. I just, I, I knew that I had to get my sister out. And yes, you know, I did, I panicked and, but it was a case of I needed to, to hide it from my sister. And I think that might've been why we did react differently in the aftermath, because I did hide it mm. in that moment. And then it, it just hit me like a ton of bricks afterwards and all this like anxiety just rushed through my body, mm. um, and it was just getting her out 
and making sure that anyone else is okay. Um, and I think kind of when, once we did eventually get into our car, there were people rushing by to kind of ask for first aid kits and everything. And I was just like, oh, I don't even have one in my car. And I think you then feel guilty and it just changes your whole, like, perception. And I made sure I got a first aid kit in my car and yeah. I just, like you say, I made sure that um, wherever I go I've got the escape route and that I'm looking after the person that I'm with or who's around me and everything. So, Does that take your enjoyment out in some ways when you go to a concert? Because you're constantly thinking about that in the back of your mind. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It Sometimes it does, definitely. And, I mean, I grew up going to concerts all the time. We'd go to, God, a handful every year. We'd always, always go. Um, and you wouldn't even think, I don't even think you even, it doesn't even pass through your mind that that could ever happen. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it does take the enjoyment out. Cause you just think, especially because it was, Ariana Grande and I mean obviously I know it shouldn't happen anywhere but I think because of her audience it's just baffling to me and I think if it can happen there it literally could just happen anywhere mm. and it does make you more wary and you know it you lose the trust in the world a little bit I think mm. and, and your sister Kitty how, how is she now then uh, she's still having counselling um she kind of she takes it one day at a time um she she does try and go to concerts. She doesn't go to as many as she used to, but she even went to the stage where she couldn't even really go to the shop on her own. It, it did hit her quite hard. Really? Uh, yeah, and she... And, I mean, we've got a co-op literally about 10 steps away from her house, and to get her to go on her own is is an absolute battle. Mm. Um, but, you know, she's she's getting there day by day, and we're all just kind of there for each other. Yeah. Um as best we can and I think because me her and my mum like we've all kind of suffered from anxiety and and depression so we all kind of we can put each other in each other's shoes whereas and actually empathize I think and Mm. help each other through it that way I think it's quite hard for somebody when they've never experienced it to know what to do yeah or how what to say because nothing makes anything better yeah how was she at school then did she did she need help at school? Uh, yes, uh, she she did seek help straight away through school mm. um, with her counselling, but now she's since kind of, she ended up getting referred to a psychiatrist because um, it just got, it did get quite serious. Mm. So uh, she did spiral quite dramatically, but she's she's getting there. Yeah. So. And, and what about you, Gracie? What what steps did you take after after the attack? Uh, yeah, I I seek counselling uh, pretty much straight away, and that was through work as well, um, through the EAP, which was fantastic. Uh, their support was amazing, um, and I just I tried to you try and carry on as normal, but I did take a bit of time. Uh, and then as soon as the counselling kind of kicked in, that's when it started to help, and I just I made sure that I go to the memorials um, each year because that really helps me, and I think if it keeps if it, they do have, like, yearly memorials, it will be something that is it is really helpful to everyone that was affected by it. Mm. Um, because you do... I mean, we saw, like, the parents of the some of the, a couple of the daughters that were killed and just to put... Like, my mum was just like, gosh, that could have been me, yeah. you know? And that, that helps us, I think, just find 
a little bit of, um, I don't know what the word is, a bit of comfort mm. in knowing that, you know, everyone has come together to help these people. Yeah. Um, and the campaigns and the campaign that MEN did and just supporting that really. Yeah. So, so you, said, you said before you, you've suffered with anxiety and, and depression. What have some of your symptoms been of that? Uh, I think my anxiety was a bit more um, prevalent. It was uh, panic attacks or, you know, it would take a lot for me to get out of the house um, and to force myself to leave. Um, And even if, you know, I'm quite a sociable person, I'm normally quite confident. And I think when your friends start to see a change in you, that's when you know that it has, it's got quite serious. Mm. And my friends were noticing and, I were, even if I did manage to get out, I just, I wouldn't drink because I'd be like, oh, well, you know, anything could happen. Or, and I, w- I did end up having kind of medi- medication for it as well. Uh, same as my sister, we both ended up on medication. Mm. Um, How did you feel about that? I was, well, I was anxious yeah. at first and, and scared about it really because I didn't, I didn't want to be that person um, that had to, to go on, you know, anti-anxiety tablets. I didn't, because I think when you've grown up being so confident, you don't want to have to rely on something to make you feel better. Yeah. Um, And that was hard to kind of accept. But then once you do, um, it kind of, you know that it's going to get better. Yeah. But it gets worse before it gets better. And I was numb for a really long time. Um, And it did... It did affect my life, really. I think coming to work was actually probably the only thing that I could do and put a brave face on for. Yeah, I'm um, with you on that one. <laughs> did you find the long, yeah, the longer you stayed off, the worse, the worse it got? Because when I've been off before, um, due to my anxiety, I just want to get back to work mm-hmm. and just carry on. Were you the same? Yeah, yes, yeah, I am, and I think it was the only part that was actually normal in my life, like especially at the time. Yeah. Because, like, my world had been turned upside down, like, with my parents um, and just, like, events that had happened after that and then obviously Manchester. I was like, there's no normality anymore at all, apart from the fact that I can kind of do my job and I, I am good at that. So yeah. as I just thought, as long as I can do that, I'm OK and the rest will just come with time. And it's something that you and can control as well, isn't it? Yes, exactly, yeah. And I, I did, I just... I was in my element at work and it was it was kind of a bit like a counselling really coming coming in and even if I didn't speak as much as I probably used to or kept myself to myself, as long as I got my job done, mm. I, I just thought I'd just got to take it one step at a time, really. We all have mental health and it's just as important as physical health. No, really, I'm fine shares real stories and experiences. But we aren't experts and this podcast is not an alternative to getting official medical advice. If your mental or emotional state quickly dips or you're worried about someone you know, help and support is out there. Talk to your GP or call us Samaritans on 0800 58 58 58. For advice on how to help a friend or loved one, visit rethink.org. What were you like when you were coming home though, after work? I would stay late um, to make sure. I just I tried to stay at work as much as to possible, avoid it. to be honest. Yeah. 
Yeah, I did. Um, and at the time I lived with uh, my boyfriend, so I kind of, I wanted to avoid that because I thought, well, I'm going to make, probably make be making his life bad, so I'd rather just stay at work where I'm actually doing good and doing it well than go home and bring sadness upon somebody else. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's a shame that you feel that way because I know exactly what you mean because I feel that way all the time and I yeah. I don't want to go home to my mum and dad because I worry that they, they'll worry about me if I'm being off. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. Yeah, at the end of the day though, those people would, the people that support you would want you to tell them, you know, when you're feeling bad because yeah. if anything ever bad did happen to you, you know, they, they'd hate to feel the fact that they, you know, you couldn't talk to them. So, but when you're in that moment, yeah. like you say, you just, yeah. you just don't, you just want to be on your own with it, don't you? Yeah, yeah, you do. And I think you shut off and you don't tell anyone how you're feeling because you just think you're better battling your own demons. But it, I mean, I even shut off from my mum and my mum's my like best friend mm. and we would tell each other everything. And I just, I wouldn't tell her anything. Um, and I'd just hide it and say, oh, no, I'm working late or work's busy or whatever, and that was it, really. She must have known, um, though, mustn't she, that something was wrong? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she did, yeah. I think because she'd suffered with it as well, though, I think she just knew that I just needed a little bit of time. And, like, I would go and see her, but I would try not to talk about it, and I did kind of avoid the situation quite a bit. Mm. Um, but because she knew, I think she could just look at me and just know and then kind of went from there but it's it's better now and I can talk about it but I mean I wouldn't there was no way like this time last year even that I could have sat here and spoke to you yeah on a podcast about it yeah not at all and that just shows so how, I think I know that I've, how far you've moved on on with it really you know you should feel oh, really proud that you yeah it does it's the small things as well that really matter isn't it you know like your sister being able to go to the shop yeah yeah Definitely. And even then, like, she hasn't, she didn't really go on her own still. And, but it is, like you say, those small little victories that she has, that she knows that she's had a good day. if She's done one thing that she was scared to do. And it's the same for, for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure, you know, for you as well, that every day you have your little victories and you think, oh, you know, you're getting better. And yeah. it's, it's going to, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Go, going back to the arena then at the time, um, was your mum trying to get in touch with you? What what was going on afterwards? Yeah, um, my mum was trying to get in touch and my battery had gone uh, because, like it does at a concert yeah. when you're taking so many pictures yeah. <laughs> and videos, and both my sister and I, we both lost our batteries on our phone. Um, and by that point, I think it was on the news, so mum knew a lot more than we did at that point as well because it, they were kind of reporting on it. Um, and I, we couldn't find my car because I couldn't get to my car and there was just this mass panic. And I knew there was a charger in my car. So as soon as I got in, um, we both kind of plugged our phones in and I was absolutely inundated with phone calls from all of my family. Yeah. Um, and people that just knew, like even at work, knew that I was going to Ariana. Yeah. Um, it was just, they just kept coming in. And then I finally did get in touch with my mum. Um, and God, I dread to think how she felt. Yeah, definitely. I bet that just phone hearing call about was, all the people. Yeah, but that phone call was oh. very emotional for you. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It really was. And she's kind of tried to explain that feeling. She said, I'd never felt anything like it before in my life, just knowing that you two 
were there mm. and you couldn't get in touch with me. Mm. Um, I don't even remember the journey home. I don't know how I got home yeah. at all. Um, I just remember that my, I couldn't get on my map, so me and my sister were trying to navigate out of Manchester in a state that we were in. Yeah. And I had to look after my sister. Oh, it was just... I'm surprised you could get out as well with all the paramedics oh, and stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And do you know, like that sound of sirens and anything like that, I, I still, it sends shivers down my spines even now. Is that one of your triggers? And yeah. I, yeah, yeah, it does. It makes me makes me jump and I'll be really wary. Probably didn't um, help that person siren before then, did it? <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> Luckily, I've got my headphones in. Yeah. So, so Sophie heard it. A bit, like louder than I did um but yeah that's that's one trigger and and even I couldn't listen to Ariana's songs for a while really um yeah and there's still one song that I still can't listen to now and it was just it's the very last song before uh before it happened oh, yes yeah. I, I can't I have to skip that is that one last time um uh, no it was Dangerous Woman was the very last oh, song yeah, yeah before it happened yeah. yeah and that's the only one um because all the others I kind of seek comfort in, I think, especially after the One Love concert. Um, I, th- I kind of sought comfort in One Last Time and all the other songs, but I don't know what it is about that. It's The Dangerous Woman, I just, I can't listen to it. Yeah. Um, it must just have been so that it, moment that you remember from the concert or, or something like that. Must have, yeah. That must have just stuck in your mind. Yeah, I think it did, because I think it, I just remember how it ended and the lights come on and then it, everything, like... You know, our, our lives kind of changed a little bit after that, really. Was everyone we'd never really suffered? Was everyone running around then, in this in the yeah. arena? Yeah, yeah, they're all trying to climb up the stairs and get in each other's way. And it, it, I just thought, well, if we're not kind of in range of the bomb, we're going to be in range of getting trampled on. Yeah. So I just made sure she was she was out of the way, and I tried to wait until everyone was gone. Well, as many people as possible were gone. Yeah, because I didn't want anything to happen to her that way either yeah so did you think it was inside or did you not know or it was definitely we knew that it was inside we knew that it weren't far from the from the actual arena it was just in the door outside um where the the ncp car park is Mm. um so but and we couldn't get through that way and i just couldn't believe it Mm. really couldn't believe it is it still a shock to you now to talk about it yeah it is yeah it yeah it does. I just, I'm in total just disbelief that someone could do that. Yeah. And that how close we were to it and how all the little things have just affected so much of our lives, really. Yeah. And I think you go through a stage of kind of feeling a bit guilty and, you know, the kind of guilty, like, survivor kind of emotions that go through your head when you're grieving it, really, because you're grieving other people. Mm. And then you're thinking, oh, well, thank God it wasn't me. And then you feel bad about thinking that. Mm. And it's just like this cycle of, of like, darkness, really. Does that feed into your anxiety then, those thoughts? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it does. Have you spoken to any other, um, you know, survivors, if you like, of, of, of the arena attack? Have you spoken to anyone who's sort of suffered with anxiety and depression? Uh, no, we haven't actually. Um, we obviously watched the programmes that were talking about the survivors and everything. Yeah. And I think thing, things like that really help because you know that they are feeling the same way. And 
Uh, I mean, some of them might have lost a friend that day, or but they still feel so anxious about it. And you think, okay, so like I'm normal for still feeling upset, even though I didn't get hurt. Because mm. I think that's another thing that I think people just think, oh, well, yeah, she was just there and, you know, it, it's fine. But I think you don't realise how much it can affect you mm. as you go along. And even at the One Love concert, all the people that were there um, were at the front. So we were kind of all in like this big group. And all the, it was weird because like all the kind of the triggers that would set me off set us all off together. Yeah. <laughs> so like they had fireworks or a bang went off and we all kind of jumped and people were hugging and holding hands. And it was just, we were all kind of there together, remembering and feeling grateful as well that, we were we were able to share it with each other, really. Yeah, yeah. It, it must have been um, difficult to even go to the One Love concert. Um, I'm surprised they uh, set fireworks off, off, though. To be honest, yeah, I think we were surprised as well. Yeah. When we when we all jumped, we were a bit like, oh gosh, yeah. I don't think there was any need. A bit too soon for that, I think. In a way, but, did you find that a but, little bit funny? In a way. Yeah, we did. Yeah. yeah, and I think because we did, literally, we were all perfectly in time with all of us jumping <laughs> yeah. at the same time. And I think we kind of did look at each other and think, oh, wow, like, we're all suffering, like, we're all in the same same place, and yet here we are. And it's a it was an, it was an amazing evening, it really was. Yes, oh, good. Did, did Kitty go with you as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah we went together. Yeah, oh, good. Um yeah, so go, going back to Kitty then, you, you mentioned obviously when after it happened, she just went, she was fine for, you know, well, as, mm. as fine as she could be going to a few concerts. What was that moment that you remember where you realised that she wasn't? Um, I think she started um, getting like quite angry at, at different things. And yes, obviously we were going through, you know, our parents' divorce as well. So we knew there was lots of different emotions coming in. Um, but I think when she just she just wouldn't go out and I don't know what it was that triggered that um, because like I say, like she, Radio One's big weekend was huge uh, and then the Vamps I think was in Sheffield so that's a little bit smaller. Um, but she just started just closing in um, and whenever she would get angry she'd just say really quite shocking things and we were like, right, something's not right here. Uh, we don't want, you know, our 13-year-old sister to be thinking the thoughts that she was um and then that's when I think we we knew that she had to she had to get some help and it weren't just the trigger from her mum and dad um breaking up it was a multitude of things that she didn't want to go out she didn't trust anybody she was wary about everything and even if someone kind of walked past her in the street like she'd freak out um and it's just a mixture of things that we knew that there was more to it and I think it must have just hit her mm. um, a few weeks afterwards when she kind of calmed down from the buzz of it because obviously she was on such a high on the evening. Um, and I think once she kind of realised, you know, what had actually happened, I think that's where it spiralled for her. Mm. Yeah, so it was more than just um, going through puberty or teenage tantrums sort oh, of thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you do... You know how teenagers kind of react to their parents splitting up as well. Like they want the attention and they you want to make sure that, you know, they're 
they're getting the best attention from their mum and their dad even when they're not in the same room Yeah, um, kind of thing. So and we knew it was far, far more than that because um, she did, yeah, she wasn't coping very well at all. Yeah. Do you sort of talk about it with her now as well? Yeah, yeah, we do talk about it. We talk, probably talk about it a bit more now, actually. I think now that we've both kind of accepted the effect that it's had on us both, we do we do talk about it. Yeah. Um, and obviously I told her that I was coming on this podcast and mm. she she was like, oh, wow, like that's a massive step for you to do. And she said she did kind of wish that she was here with me as well. Um, so... I think we do we do talk about it a bit more and we have actually got Ariana tickets to go this year. Have you? Um yeah, which will be the first time that we've obviously seen her since everything. Yeah. Um my sister really wanted to go back to Manchester. Um, but I that was one thing I think I I couldn't really bring my head bring myself to do. Yeah. So we're doing it in Sheffield. Um and I mean we will go back to Manchester on the twenty second for the memorial that they do. Yeah. Um yeah, so we have we've got tickets and that's amazing. We I think oh. we do yeah, it's yeah, a huge and step. we do feel excited. Yeah, definitely. My mum's coming with us to that. Oh. Um, so that'll be that'll be really nice. Nice girly day out. Yes, yes. yeah. So you mm. mentioned as well before um, you and Kitty have been on or are on medication for for your anxiety. Is that something that you still continue or still want to continue? Uh, my sister does. Yeah, um, I stopped maybe um it was like it might have been a year ago now actually mm. um because I went on on quite soon after it happened um and then I just I decided to start kind of weaning myself off and I did and I feel a lot a lot better now so it, it was a I was on them probably longer than I wanted to be but I knew that it was what I had to do yeah so and everyone's different and then as soon they? as I was off them yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think as soon as I was off of my, when I started kind of feeling again and feeling like myself and wanting to do the things that I love without worrying, I, I knew that it was a good step forward. Yeah. So do you think you'll ever go back to Manchester Arena then, other than the memorial concert? Um, I'm not sure if I go back to the arena. I think it's hard enough going to Manchester in general mm. um and I mean a couple of my friends live there and I went kind of because and obviously we've got a, an office there as well so I have been to the MEN office but in terms of actually being in Manchester for kind of like leisure I hadn't done that I'd only ever kind of been back for the memorials mm. so I visited my friend recently and I think she noticed that I kind of withdrew a little bit and I was a bit nervous yeah with being there um, but again, it was just another step, isn't it, in in getting back to normality, really. And I love Manchester and I always have, um, but I don't know how I feel about going back to the arena, really. Yeah. I don't know if that would be a bit too big of a trigger. Mm. Mm. Um, but that, that might change. That might just show that maybe I'm not kind of fully where I need to be yet if I, can, if I can't sit here and tell you that I'll go back one day. Yeah. Um, maybe... Who knows? There's nothing wrong with that. Is it you know take take each step as it as it comes? I suppose. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Do you feel confident now then knowing what your triggers are? Because for me, I'm still working that out. But do you feel confident in knowing exactly what yours are? Yeah, I think I do actually. I think I've had a lot of time to kind of figure that out, and um, 
yeah, I think I definitely notice a change in like the way my body kind of reacts to things and or if I mean my mum can tell as soon as I'm nervous or feeling anxious, she knows straight away. And it could be uh, a little thing like 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 a siren or um a song mm. and things like that. And I think but then because I know my sister's going through it as well, it, it helps me be stronger for her. Yeah. And that's where I try and like don't let the triggers affect me as much as they probably would have done before. Yeah. Um, so I think it's been a long road, but now that I know what they are, and I think some of sometimes I can get a trigger that probably I wouldn't even have thought of as something that had affected me, um, and then my mum will kind of see a change in in the way I am, or I'll go a bit quieter, and she knows straight away. Um, so yeah, I think it is it is all learning. I'm sure they might get some new ones. Hopefully um, not, <laughs> but. No, I, I hope not. Uh, but I think when you start kind of getting better and knowing that I'm not relying on kind of things to make me feel better, that I'm actually doing things for myself to help, I think that's where I kind of reduce, like, the triggers kind of yeah. finding their way through. And what uh, advice would you give to someone who might be listening now, Gracie, who's having a really bad time with, with their anxiety or, or the depression or both? I think my advice would be that it really does get better um, and you can't kind of compare yourself to anybody and how other people react to the situation that you might be going through uh, because, you know, we all react differently and some more so than others, some, you know, it's all it's all different and I think if you just take each day as it comes and don't put too much pressure on yourself to make yourself better for everyone else you need to make yourself better for yourself so yeah that would probably be my advice that there is a light at the end of the tunnel yeah um and I think it's just to um kind of remember that the little victories that you have in a day um and just make kind of take the little things that have made you smile even if it's like the smallest thing I think take that as a little victory that oh okay I like I've smiled today or I've done something that scared me today and it's to be proud of them, yeah, and to get through it in that way. And there, and there is light at the end of the tunnel because, you know, there's light at the end of yours. You know what you did um, to protect Kitty, and you know how strong you've mm. been since, since the attack is just amazing and very admirable. So, um, it's inspirational to hear how you talk about it now and how far you've come. Yeah, yeah, and I think there's no kind of time frame for anybody like somebody can feel better in a year or somebody can take five years and I think that's where we put pressures on ourselves because you kind of think I should probably be feeling better by now and you know like two years on I probably I'm not going to go back to Manchester Arena in a long time Mm. but I'm not worried about thinking I probably should be okay now yeah um because everybody's different and I think that's where half of the struggle comes from because you just think oh well, why am I feeling like this? Because I shouldn't be. Yeah. But I, it's not. It's that's not the case at all. And it can happen to anyone at any time, can't it? You know, it doesn't need yeah. to be. I mean, unfortunately for you, it was aggravated by this horrible, that horrible event. Whereas some of us yeah. just just have it for for no reason at all. So, yeah, it's yeah. it's really important to for people to know that there's no end date for it to go away um, but there's no, no no end date for you to continue to feel like this you can get help as well 
Yeah, exactly. And it's just, it is just taking care of yourself yeah. and making sure that you are looking after number one because, you know, you have, you've got yourself for life, I think, and you need to kind of keep that in your, in your stride and help yourself get through it. Yeah, need to try and I think it is, it is about talking. <laughs> Sorry, go on. Yeah, exactly. No, that, like you say, it is, that's exactly right. And, you know, don't be afraid to talk about it. If you're feeling how, you, how you're feeling, you've got to be open about it. Yeah. And I think bottling it up is the worst. And I think that might be what had happened to my sister is that she bottled it up um, because she didn't think it should affect her. Mm. And then she just, it spiralled from there for her. So yeah. I think you've, you've got to talk about it. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for checking out the show. I hope you join us on the journey as we explore mental health. You can follow us on Twitter at I'm Fine Podcast underscore. Where we'll have loads more information and some sneak peeks for future episodes.